Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. got a, a slightly reduced gang this week uh max mm-hmm. is on the road and and so that means uh we get to do like a, a special uh s- sports boys night uh yes a, a, as we as we do when the, the when the maxes are are away the the sport sports boys will play right yeah it, oh it's boy. like when he's when he's out, uh, we can talk about sports as long as it doesn't have to do with fantasy or, or gambling aspects of it, because those are things that he specializes in. Um, uh, which which uh, you know, so so get him out, and also we're we're talking about basketball, which you know he he's he's not as strong on except for the Celtics, who are unfortunately playing yeah, playing but... quite well. I probably know more about the Celtics than he does. So I that's think that's so fair, damn. but he's. He's he's a fan. He's an actual New Englander. Is it a Massachusetts? Do you know? Would you know what it's called if you're from Massachusetts, Kevin? Since you are now one of those Massachusetts. A masshole, right? That's all I. Oh, heard. that's actually all right. <laughs> yeah, I was I was wondering when we were going to get there because I'm pretty sure that oh. is the preferred nomenclature. Well, you know, it, and it's it's interesting too because I I weirdly have started to somewhat. A lot of the lineup of the uh, Celtics is is kind of fun. Jalen Brown is is a not only a really amazingly thoughtful dude, but I, I love watching him play his style of play. Um, Jason Tatum unfortunately went to Duke through no fault of his of his own. Really, I mean, he chose to go there, what? but like, of course, you're going to go to Duke. Um, I, well, he probably got know, paid, so that's... he probably got, yeah <laughs> through no fault of his own. Um, uh, you know, the go where the money goes, but uh, you know, and he's and he is he has Kobe brain often, but but still a spectacular player. But you know, these are these are young guys. They're not they're not necessarily uh, what you might call superstars. Um, and and that has me thinking, along with uh, a a very. Uh, thought-provoking for for me uh, and Tom Ziller's Good Morning It's Basketball newsletter about the Clippers and their quote-unquote superstar superstar is boring in in Kawhi Leonard, someone who is about as accomplished as you can be as an NBA player, but I mean, I don't know his backstory. Like I know, you know, Michael Jordan was didn't make the varsity team, you know, in, in high school. Uh, you know, uh, pick pick a player in any team, their superstar, and you kind of know know their backstory, in, including someone like Paul George, who you know came back from a really devastating injury a couple of years ago, and also went to Fresno State and and came up and was you know this this really spectacular player. There are these stories; they are superstars, and we know them. But what makes a superstar? Hmm. I was kind of hoping you might have an answer to that. Oh, I, <laughs> I mean, I have an answer, so, but I want to hear your answers first. Well, so the the fact, the mere fact that you're asking the question means that it's not the 
mo- probably the easiest answer, which is the people who are the best at the sport. And yeah, right. uh, obviously, Kawhi Leonard is a, a perfect example of that uh, in in basketball. But we also get uh, examples of it from other sports. I mean, like Tom Brady is unquestionably a superstar, which is uh, weird because he is. Well, I was going to say because he's boring, but the truth is that he's trying to be boring, but he winds up being really flipping weird. Uh, But so, so he's not a good example of that, but um, I had a conversation with a group of people the other day and, and, and tell me, tell me what you think about this. Who would you have an easier time picking out of a police lineup? Your preferred NFL team's, a backup tight end or Mike Trout the greatest baseball player on the face of planet earth today time shifted Mickey Mantle a guaranteed surefire hall of famer who has been at the pinnacle of a sport for at least mm-hmm. six years Oh jeez. okay so the I, I was going to say I didn't know what the state of the Washington tight ends was apparently some guy named jeremy sprinkle is the backup tight end so the answer for me would be mike trout but maybe like <laughs> back when we had uh reed and uh davis that would have been probably the that would have probably been the answer i i yeah it's so so this is not a new problem for mike trout um and and in some ways and to start building on on a definition i think it's important to say that I think Mike Trout is is this like pure baseball. I think of him and I think of someone who who loves baseball, talks about baseball as opposed to um Bryce Harper, who is someone I can pick out of a lineup and I see in commercials like there's a Gatorade commercial right now and you know he's he's got his big beard and, and his long hair and he's always on the field his his helmet is flying off and everything. And I mentioned the commercial and he knows that it's not just pure baseball there is okay i have my contract with with my uh supplier of sporting goods i have some other uh i guess that would be food and beverage type of thing there you are a to be a superstar you are really a celebrity you are a multimedia star maybe you start doing bit parts in in you you make a cameo on a csi or or law and order or something i don't know what you do but you are a celebrity you have multiples your income is not just the sport yes kevin okay so with with bryce harper i think that's an interesting case because i would definitely argue that yeah i would say he was a superstar like when he was winning the mvp but I would. I don't know if he still is a superstar, or would he be considered a superstar if he never won that MVP? If he kind of, he, he's you know, he's also like twenty seven, twenty eight years old, he just, so he's got time. Why not? Just he hasn't. He has not been playing very well the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Or he has not yeah. been living up to well. He's the he's, hype that was built. He's been off to a, a torrid. Uh, I get, well, I guess we can't really call it a start because it's actually like two thirds of the way through the season now. Uh, but he's had himself a nice little 2020. Uh, okay. But I mean, can any can anyone who plays baseball really, uh, you know, really 
be a superstar. So that that leads me to to another thing that that I think baseball has going against it um, that you know I can't really can't really solve for. Um, they are constantly wearing hats and helmets. We are observing them on TV. It's not so much just in. It's not like back in the old days where it was you either saw them in person or it was on the radio or a little tiny TV. We are actually seeing them. And I think baseball, unlike some of, uh, unlike uh, maybe the NBA or the NFL that has all that sideline coverage, you know, looking in as, as someone throws the charts or the Microsoft surface, surfaces or whatever, you don't get a lot of face-on action from players. I know you do when, when they're batting and stuff, but they do have their faces are covered and someone like Harper, I believe, wears a bunch of eye black. Their faces are so, in some ways like shrouded. And even if you think about soccer, which is not as big in this country, you see these people's faces and their hair and everything. You get the full look onto them all the time in a way I don't think you do in baseball. And I think that plays a big role in someone being a superstar. Okay. So, Knowing I, so I, have, I, have two, I have two things that I, I want to say uh, in response to that. One, we should probably note that, yes, soccer is not as big as other sports in America. Also, way bigger than all of them around the world. Um, Absolutely. And there's a hole in your theory about face covering, which mm-hmm. is football, the runaway most popular sport in the United States of America for decades now, mm-hmm. uh, is literally a sport where some of the best players uh, – all, all of the players, no matter what, wear uh, figure-obscuring padding and yeah. a, a helmet with a face mask over their head. And some of the best ones even, you know, make themselves look intimidating on the field with, like, a, you know, a, a blacked-out visor. Like, yeah. like they're a, a Lincoln with tinted windows. My my asterisk or my amendment to that, which I think I said, but should spend more time on, is they are spending so much time not playing, which baseball does too. But they're spending so much time not playing that they sit on the bench, have their helmets off, and all the times with the quarterbacks, where they they're looking over, yeah. they're on the phone, so you, you are seeing their faces. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's that's fair. It's but it's then at the same time with, strong, with but... baseball, like in between every pitch, the guy takes his helmet off and like wipes his face and does all this <laughs> stuff. Like you see, you get you get a lot of face time with baseball too. But I think you, you only really watch your own team with baseball is probably one another thing that hurts uh, it. But but anyway, you, I think you're you're we're getting towards something uh, which is is maybe a, a bit of a distillation of of all of these things, which is that. The truest superstars, in some way or other, transcend the bounds of their sport. Mm -hmm. They are famous as athletes, and because they are elite athletes, no doubt about it. But uh, in some cases, it's that... You you gain ubiquity as a, a pitch man, and and people know you for doing, you know, doing commercials for something. 
for for some people, I mean, think about um, think about someone like Lionel Messi, who is not exactly like the most uh, loquacious pitch man in the world, but he, <laughs> no. but he also is undeniably a superstar. Not just because he's arguably the best that's ever played his sport, but because uh, kind of as a result of that, you can tie to a certain extent, like an entire nation's worth into him, like collective self-worth into him. I mean, think of the, like the, he has a very fraught religion uh, relationship with Argentina because he left and went to Barcelona and has won every possible thing there is to win at the club level at Barcelona, but has never taken Argentina to the mountaintop and, and won the World Cup, has never won the big prize. You know, there there are, you know, bigger, there are bigger narratives beyond just who is going to win the, this game or even who is going to win this championship that I think are, is one of the ways that we identify who is a superstar, like who carries a broader weight than just what are they going to do on the field, on the court, on the ice. Yeah, but there still also has to be a certain degree of success that they have accomplished in their sport, I would think. But that's so, it's, it's hard to make a, it's hard to make a cutoff for it. Like one example that's coming to my mind is Russell Westbrook, and I think I guess he won an MVP, so it's hard to say that he didn't like he hasn't really accomplished much. But here, I here's a, here's a better version of what you're doing. Pre Celtics, Kevin Garnett. Okay, yeah, because. So, he was uh, he was undeniably one of the top players in the league uh and and had had some notoriety for you know for being one of the relatively few people that make the jump from high school straight to the NBA and doing it well and not not flaming out and winding up selling cars one day um but he also was arguably most famous for uh not ever winning anything in the playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah. so maybe maybe Kevin Garnett was not a superstar until he went to Boston and won that championship. Maybe he wasn't a superstar after that even. Well, I, you know, I think another example in like the in trying to think of the 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 why why are these people why are these people superstars. Um, in spite of of not being successful, uh, it leads me to to another another point that I think of is is like what makes someone a superstar and makes them marketable because that's what it is. You know what get, what they can be in the ads during the game um, is they have some charismatic aspect. And I think of of you know Kevin Garnett as being just this relentless competitor would jump under your feet and everything else and you know uh, just his intensity was was really um, invigorating and enticing um, and then I think another example is uh, someone who never did well in the playoffs but nonetheless had some very popular shoes a very strong shoe line is Tracy McGrady. I don't know why Tracy McGrady was 
uh, someone who was so charismatic and, and basically a superstar, except that I've really enjoyed watching him play, and I found it captivating to watch. I mean, he was on a lot of really yeah. bad basketball teams. I mean, same thing, well, uh, not really bad, but I think he was on some, some Magic teams that were not very good, if I recall. And I don't think that those uh, the uh, Raptors teams were good. And, and not, just to add another one there, Vince Carter didn't have tremendous success, but like on just the you want a title uh, with match, the Nets, right? I don't think the Nets ever won a title, but but just this he was he was more well known for the sure. majesty and and amazingness of his dunks. That was charisma enough. You have that thing that is memorable, such that when people see your commercials, they go, "I know who that is. I'm buying those Vince Carter shoes." Yeah, so I think that's a superstar. So, yeah, so Sean mentioned before that uh, that baseball has that can baseball have a superstar, and I think part of that is that unlike Tracy McGrady, a player can't like be good and then just like be entertaining to watch on his own. Like the only way you can do that is if you are cranking out a ton of home runs like Sammy Sosa mm. and Mark McGuire, which isn't a part of the game. Well, now. I, I mean, well, okay. Yeah, that's, that's true. I guess it's not in terms of raw volume. Like no one is, no one is roided up to the extent of hitting 70 home runs anymore. Uh, although just like everyone hits home runs now, just everyone hits 15 or strikes out. <laughs> right, right. Um, but so so I think I think another another point about that that goes against baseball's favor, uh, and related to what I was saying about transcending the sport, baseball for all its time that it it spent as America's pastime, uh, it's also it is very much a sport where the culture of the sport as we see like when Fernando Tatis hits a, a grand slam late and is made to apologize by his manager uh, which is truly one of the dumbest collections of words that anyone has ever had to say um, it tamps down the individual baseball uh, anti-charisma baseball is like the Pittsburgh Steelers of sports no man bigger than the team uh, and in a way that is frankly stupid it's really dumb because uh, even even a bunch of amateur jamokes like us can look in and see that it is unequivocally a good thing when there are individuals who can transcend the bounds of their sport because that makes the sport better. It uplifts your sport. When you have these sports franchises that sell for billions of dollars, you need to remember it is an entertainment industry, and entertainment means butts in seats, butts on couches watching, and then buying stuff based off of commercials. And you need charismatic people who... who don't have to apologize for enjoying what they do and entertaining the fans. And and yet at the same time, like I can also I can also understand why uh, why someone 
who who is an owner in one of these boards and has seen uh who has seen franchise values just go up and up and up and up and up i mean the goddamn marlins sold for over a billion dollars despite being actively bad and actively attempting to get worse like it was pretty obvious when that team sold for 1.2 billion dollars that uh two of the only three uh viable players on that team who could be qualified as stars in any fashion uh were not going to be part of the future plans and i i forget the um i forget the timing but either before that or slightly after that sale uh the third uh, met a, a unfortunately early end um yes. so like uh, so I, I guess what i'm saying is i could also see how someone would push back on our argument and say the the business just keeps ticking up and up and up even without this and so why like why would i need to go out of my way like why would i pay above market value for a, a superstar because superstars inevitably command you know well they command above the value that the uh that the artificially restricted markets have set for them but they command well below what they would theoretically make in market value if there were no salary caps and things um Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I I disagree with that point of view one hundred percent. But I do I like I can wrap my head around the logic of I don't know, man. I got a multi billion dollar franchise, even when I have arguably no recognizable players, and mm-hmm. have an actively antagonistic relationship with my fan base over numerous things including but not limited to my team's racist name and a uh, violently toxic culture towards women hmm. i don't know who i, I could be i don't know who i could be talking, talking about, about. <laughs> yeah uh, uh <laughs> i mean i i guess to 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 go I, i'm just i'm just trying to think of uh, going back to kind of where we started and you know uh, Kevin you, you talked about and, and Sean you mentioned um, you know Kawhi Leonard or I, I started with Kawhi Leonard but you mentioned Kevin Garnett um, here's someone who, who didn't have a lot of success b- before Boston and, and Kevin you pointed that out as like okay success is maybe an indication and, and you also mentioned the individuals can, can kind of play on their own in a way in in a sport like basketball and honestly hockey obviously individual sports like tennis um that maybe you can't in in baseball but so you so you have things like that where people can be spectacular on their own where they can have success and that play in plays into their marketability and going back to Kawhi leonard he does have a shoe contract this is a thing he has he's a new balance athlete he's the premier new balance athletes which is kind of ironic in 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 what we're going to talk about here, which is Kawhi Leonard as a as a boring athlete, and I have plenty of uh, new balances, but a lot of times they're thought of as, as dad shoes. Um, 
And, you know, Kawhi, who's had all this success, has a shoot contract, um, plays spectacularly, can, can lift teams up on his own, but is nonetheless maybe not a superstar. Or, or do you feel differently now that we've, we've kind of discussed it? I, I, so I feel a little differently, and, and, and here's why. I, I think that a, a lighter version of like transcending your sport is being noticeably different in some way or other from the other people that are, are very good at what you do. Like, uh, for example, in tennis, think about like... Uh, Rafa Nadal, uh, John McEnroe, like these were very good. These obviously were, were very good, all-time great level tennis players. Um, but them and and Andre Agassi were were set apart in part by having, you know, kind of brash and, and flamboyant personalities. Rafa Nadal wore the, the ninja headband and loud colors in a sport where everyone just wears white. Uh, mm-hmm. John McEnroe, legendary <laughs> asshole, uh, which we all know. Uh, and, you know, a- Agassi was another bright colors and, and big hair guy before he uh, before he went bald. Uh, and Kawhi Leonard really does stand out by virtue of essentially being a basketball terminator. Yeah. So so even as he is it, it's like Brady, like his lack of charisma, his weirdness stands out a great deal. Well, and it's also because they just have, like, such an undeniable amount of success as well, I think. Yeah, I, I do, I think, and I think another thing, I think another thing that, that sets you apart is having great rivals. Having, uh, you know, having having an iconic, another iconic foil to set yourself against. Mm. I mean, think about, think about Sampras and Agassi. Think about, uh, I mean, you know, Jordan and the Pistons in the late '80s and early '90s. Uh, the Lakers and the Celtics for basically all of time, but especially when it was Wilt and Russell, and then later when it was. Uh, bird and magic uh so so having having someone who can push you to those uh, iconic moments i think is also really helpful for your your superstar case and you know on some level Kawhi had it last year uh with you know the entire Warriors team, because that team had been a dynasty for the last, you know, 
it, it really was like four years, but it felt like 40. Um, and, and he just put the entire team on his back and, and in doing so got to do some of that big sport transcending stuff that I talked about. Like he put Canada on his back too. Um, and so like, I, I don't know that my mind changed on this because I actually always thought Kawhi Leonard was a superstar. It's just that he's a weird yeah. superstar because he doesn't yeah, well, talk. I, yeah, well, I think that if you were to maybe enumerate all of the superstars, it's like, well, maybe maybe Julia has heard of 90% of them, but then there's like this other 10% that like, there, she isn't, she, there's no way she knows who Kawhi Leonard is. And yet he's still, I again, I'd also say that, yes, he's a superstar because of, what if she he's does, just like, though? Um, I think I used him in a in a game of code names as a clue one time, um, but she probably doesn't remember that. Not it wasn't a clue for her; it was a clue for someone else. Yeah. But but yeah, I just I, I think that the that could probably capture most of it. Is like, has she heard of this person? She has heard of Bryce Harper, um, right? But yeah. she has not heard of Mike Trout. So, but he is also a superstar. So I don't know. There's there's some space to fill in there. Yeah, I mean that's a that that is. Ultimate, as with so many things, like a good a good gauge, just like does the average person know know who this person is? Like, and, and we haven't given we should give like a moment here and just say like, you know, with the foils made me think, uh, Sean, um, like Serena Williams, for instance, her her charismatic trait to me is just dominance, and so so it's like her her foil is inertia. It's like, is there any force that can stop her from dominating over the past what feels like twenty years? Uh, another person who who you know you know her story and everything else. Um, and then I think of the the U.S. women's national uh, soccer team, and I, I guess Megan Rapinoe would be you know the superstar of stars. And her her, her um, foil transcends the sport because it's it's basically bigotry um which has been incredible and she is a superstar she is a, a superhuman in in that regard because she says i am incredible at my sport we don't have the club type of uh awareness you have but but everybody in america gets gets up for the u.s women's national team to to play in the world cup and and part of it is just like there's an expectation to win but you still get nervous about it. You know, we went and watched it, Sean, and it, it's like yeah. these are our superstars, um, and obviously they're very marketable. But but maybe it's when I watch Kawhi, and and maybe this is where I say that he is a superstar. There is a message behind them. There is something I think about and associate with Kawhi, and even if it's boring, just like with Tim Duncan, it is boring. Just like with, honestly, Roger Federer, Federer, pretty boring because he's so perfect. There is a tagline. And in that way, that's what makes you two superstar. That is the difference between you and, like, Manny Machado, incredible player. He is not the superstar on his team right now, right. even though he should be. Boardman gets paid. Yeah, yeah, that's his tagline. But I would push back. There are probably people who have taglines that are not superstars. Uh, kind of like Swaggy P. Um, uh, yeah. oh That's a nickname, not a tagline. All right, well, I don't know. Uh, Born Ready, Lance Stevenson. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> basketball, you can come up with a lot of taglines that, 
that that is a that is a buyer beware oh i mean yeah of course patrick beverly is a walking (laughs) tagline but arguably outside of (laughs) one thing patrick beverly sucks at basketball uh by the standards of NBA of players. Of late, yeah. By yeah. the standards of NBA players. I just I just yes. want to put that out okay. there because I don't need Patrick Beverly to like come meet me in Temecula uh, and mm-hmm. beat me five hundred and eighty nine to zero. Like no one no one truly wants that. Pat Bev probably wants that. Uh, because that's his tagline. Um Yeah. It, w- w- his tagline is basically what the fuck do you mean I'm not better than LeBron? Yeah, well, he should get on the floor so he it's can. It's a dumb tagline. That's my suggestion. So, yeah. I, anyways, that's that's what I got. That's what I got. Okay, well, uh, yeah. Is it is it, is it just the the what is it the porn definition? I don't. I know it when I see I, it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't I mean, define uh, it. Can 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 I I do want to point out one thing that when I was writing things down and like having charismatic trait and having a message associated with it, there is a, there is a, I guess a superstar in football retired now, um, who's, who's teamed up with, with a younger superstar in Patrick Mahomes. And I was thinking about how is Troy Polamalu a superstar because they made his and Patrick Mahomes's hair into basically the tagline with all those head and shoulders commercials. Here are two incredible players. And when I see them, I think, Gosh, they have good hair, and and that, that's that's what you think about, and like you, you, it all comes together. But it's a really weird way. But yeah, you you just know it when you see it in a lot of regards, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that is unquestionably true. There's no, I mean, you know, for for all of our attempts to to put a definition on what makes a superstar, there's obviously not one path to take. So this was, in many ways, a very classic episode of this podcast where we just classic. ramble about something for half an hour and then realize that, uh, oh, yeah, it depends. <laughs> That's yeah. our tagline. Yeah, I guess it depends. Nice. Would you say that it's it's dealing with these these not understood, uncertain, really, really the ennui of life? No, of I'm life. pretty sure I wouldn't. But you can. That's fine. <laughs> what I, what I will do instead is uh, wrap us up there and and say that it's time to move on to Pierce is sorry. So what are you yes. apologizing for today? Not for my use of of appropriate terms, but I, I did want to make sure we we use that term because Tom Ziller shared shared it with us this morning. Um, one one thing I did yesterday that is the first time I have done it with my current car, which uh, I now own uh, and have owned for a few months after completing a a five year uh, you know loan on it, um, is is washing my car. Um, this is a pretty enjoyable experience, uh, I think for the most part. It feels very American. I guess I did it on Labor Day. We Labor Day itself, which feels especially American. Um, but you know, I, I I in some ways have to apologize to, to I guess my car. Not that I'm one of those people that gives it a name or or uh, makes it into almost a person. But I just kind of realized when washing my car that you should wash your car regularly because just like with literally everything else that you might own, even down to your spoons, um, there's a reason you wash things because it's it's 
good for them and it moves debris and everything else. And it just was a really unfortunate realization that I should have been washing my car way, way more often or just at all in these past five years. So uh, I'm, I'm taking a, a note for myself to start washing my car. And uh, I really suggest to all people that if you're not doing that, um, you know, rinse it off, use some soap every every few weeks, maybe every month. I don't know. And if you're someone who, like Kevin, starts driving through salt for six months a year, maybe do it a little bit more often or something. But washing your car. I'm sorry for not doing it. Okay. Uh I'm I'm sure it's not. It can't be because we've done too many episodes of this podcast for it not to be. But uh is is that your uh is that your first apology to an inanimate object? Oh, it can't be. There's no way. It it, <laughs> it yeah, that's be. that's where I'm at too. It just, it can't be. Uh yeah. but I am also Did he apologize more... to his coffee grinder once? I forget. Or was that to the, the company? I I don't remember. <laughs> Well, as we know, companies companies are people. people. That's right. Yep. Uh, Okay. Well, I I do know this. I'm not going to go back and and listen to the ends of 240 podcast episodes to try to find another one. So we'll just assume that it is not the first and and move on uh, because we're going to close the show with a big idea from pop culture. Uh, And I, having just had some time to kill on Labor Day, decided that I was going to do one of my favorite things to do when I have free time, which is to just sort of uh, purposefully but aimlessly walk somewhere. Uh, So I took the metro into D.C. and said you know what i usually i kind of usually gravitate to the national mall when i'm doing this but i was just there my parents came to visit and we we did the whole walk the mall thing so i don't need to do that again uh i know i really haven't spent any time up in adams morgan and that sort of area so i'll go there and it was great it was an enjoyable time it was a a nice day it wasn't particularly hot so it was uh it was comfortable to just sort of cruise around until my legs started to get sore uh and when i do that that's often uh, a time where i will start one of the podcasts that i have invariably subscribed to and then let a backlog build up uh because I subscribe to way too many podcasts. And furthermore, it will often take the form of what seems to be a very frequent phenomenon now, which is the podcast miniseries. Uh, And so I started a show by Patrick Radden Keefe, hosted by Patrick Radden Keefe, who is a New Yorker staff writer who wrote a book that... Pierce, I know you thoroughly enjoyed called Say Nothing mm-hmm. about the Troubles yeah. in Northern Ireland. And keeping in concert with the idea of uh, conflict in Europe, uh, his show Wind of Change is about uh, 
conspiracy theory, rumor, story floating around, whatever you want to call it, uh, that the very cheesy power ballad Wind of Change by the Scorpions is actually was written by the CIA as a form of anti-Soviet propaganda. And I got to tell you, there are eight episodes in the show. I listened to five yesterday. (laughs) And I'm convinced. I'm convinced the CIA wrote that shit. So, you know, I, I would, I wouldn't, take my word for it i would i would listen to it yourself and and make your own decision on on whether the story seems plausible but there there's really uh, there's some fascinating stuff uh he gets access to people who used to be in the cia it's also kind of uh, outside of the main thrust of the of the series which is is this what happened you know i found i found it pretty cool to hear about some of the process of like readjusting to life after having been a CIA operative and like what are the situations where you can even tell people after the fact that you were in the CIA and when can you not uh so you know the central story is plenty interesting but the stuff that orbits around it is cool too so uh definitely a fan of wind of change uh, and if you have some time to go on an aimless walkabout soon, like I did, could be a good time to listen to. So nice. Uh, all right, that is the cool. end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to the feed on your podcast app and device of choice. If you do that, please leave us a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing, or just tell a friend about the show. We would love to share it with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.